This is Live On Purpose Radio, episode 512, The Positivity Model. Now is the only time to create and live the life you love. I'm Dr. Paul Jenkins, the positivity psychologist. My job is to connect you to powerful positive psychology principles that immediately upgrade your relationships, business, and mental health. Are you ready? Let's jump in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. I realized as I was preparing for today's episode that I refer to the positivity model a lot. I get invited to speak on other people's podcasts. I get interviewed often about this model that I've developed, and I haven't really shared it very clearly with you. So today is the day I am going to to give you the operating instructions for the equipment of your own mind. Let's put a little context on this. As you read my book, Pathological Positivity, you see that chapter one is lightning strikes. And this is about a time in my life and my career where everything was tanking fast. And I ended up in a bankruptcy. Okay, that's the short version of a long, rather painful story for me. And I had an opportunity. See, problems are opportunities. If you really dig into it, every problem creates opportunities for growth, for learning, to change. And this was an opportunity for me to learn some things that I didn't even know that I didn't know. And I had been a professional psychologist already for probably 20 years or so uh, when this happened. So do you have those times in your life when you get to take a close look at what I really believe? And I've been teaching these principles of positivity to my clients, but hadn't really been tested on it myself. I mean, I have the typical human experiences that anyone has. But what I was teaching people is you can be positive no matter what. And then life throws a no matter what at me, the bankruptcy. And so I'm staring this in the face and I'm thinking, okay, is it true? Is it true what I've been saying and what I've been teaching people? Through that experience and several related experiences around that time, I developed what is now known as the positivity model that I share in all of my coaching. And this is what I get interviewed about when somebody invites me onto their show. So here's where we start. It is what it is. Now, that can be annoying depending on who's saying it. But for purposes of our conversation here today, it simply means the way things are. It's who you are. It's who you're with. It's what you have. It's the way things are without changing anything. It is what it is. Now, let's acknowledge something right up front here. What it is, is all you got. Now, I'm not saying it's all you could have. 
Stick with me because there's an important part of the model that addresses that. But I am saying by definition, what it is, is all you've got right now. It is what it is. And what it is could always be better or worse. I have to tell you about a time that's just two Thanksgivings ago. My family gathered in Montana. My son actually lives in Montana, and he had arranged for a cabin in in a very beautiful area. Montana is beautiful anyway, but this was just gorgeous, and he had arranged for this cabin. Our family and my son's wife's family, were we were all coming together for Thanksgiving in this cabin in, in Montana. Well, on the way up, I get a a message from my son. I was driving. It actually came through my wife and her phone where he said, we just heard that Tyler had an accident. Now, Tyler is my daughter-in-law's brother, and he was traveling from Idaho to the same cabin in Montana where we were gathering for Thanksgiving, and we just heard that he had an accident. This is not what you want to hear when you're headed to a family gathering. This is not the ideal situation, and it's what we're hoping won't happen. You know, you you hope for and pray for safety for your family, and, and we're getting together for this happy occasion, and now something like this happens. We've all had that message before. If you haven't, buckle up because you're probably going to get it at some point. And now we're we're hearing this about my daughter-in-law's brother. Um, He didn't have any other details for us. But as, as we were approaching, we were going up this little mountain road. And this is apparently the place where he had the accident. So we're watching to see what we can see. And there's a place where there was a little bit of ice on the road and he had slid off the road. And we could see this clearly from the road. We're going pretty slowly because the the roads are icy. And we look off to the side of the road and the car that he was driving is upside down in the creek down at the bottom of this embankment. He had apparently slid down this embankment and the car rolled and, and landed on its top down there in the ravine. Wow. So this is the accident. We actually came upon the accident scene. Now, what is your brain doing with this? It's probably doing what my brain was doing with this. Okay. Wow. What a terrible thing has happened. And all the feelings that come along with it. As we got to the cabin, we learned more about the details. He had actually been completely uninjured in this accident. He was able to climb out through one of the windows. A neighbor in that area had noticed that there was some problems and had come to help him get into a place where he could make a call, where he could take care of uh, whatever he needed to to be safe and well. He joined us a little later that evening completely uh, unharmed. Now, what's your brain doing with it now? 
So just notice what your mind is doing. Now, go back to the model for just a minute. And I'm going to give you a visual, okay? Because I've I've designed an actual visual model of the positivity model that I'm sharing with you. You can go to Live On Purpose Radio. That's the name of the podcast. LiveOnPurposeRadio.com slash the model, all one word, T-H-E-M-O-D-E-L, the model. And I will put this right in your inbox so that you can have a color version of what I'm talking about here. In the model, we acknowledge first that it is what it is. And so in this little scenario that I shared with you, what it is, is a car accident in which the car slid down an embankment, rolled over and landed upside down in a little creek bed. Okay. It is what it is. Now, what is your brain doing with this? I I shared with you what my brain was doing as I was anticipating that, you know, this is going to ruin our Thanksgiving weekend together. This is not the kind of news you want to hear because typically people get hurt in these kinds of accidents. And so I'm imagining that, that he was hurt. He was injured. He may have been killed. We didn't know at that point. But look what my imagination is doing. Now, we found out later that he was okay, and then the feelings changed. So here's how it fits onto the model. It is what it is. It's a car accident. You can always imagine something better or something worse then a car accident. So when we take a car accident, slides down the hill, rolls over, lands in the in the creek, totaled the car. Okay, can you imagine anything better than that? Yeah, of course you can. Like no accident, right? That's what we were planning for, praying for. No accident. But that's not what it is. What it is is an accident. So when you take an accident of any type, and you compare it to something better, like no accident, how do you feel about an accident? It sucks. And you're you're always right about how you feel. How you feel is 100% consistent with the way your mind is doing this. So when we judge what it is, evaluation, see, is judgment. And judgment or evaluation implies comparison with some standard. So you can't evaluate your experience unless you have something to compare it to. And if you don't have a standard to compare it to, you'll make one up and you've got a really great imagination. And so do I. So as we imagine something much better, like no accident, and we compare what we've got to that, this is awful. And when you see the visual model, you'll see that we take what it is and we compare it to something better. We feel worse about what it is. Any questions so far? Now you're probably getting ahead of me because you can also imagine something far worse than this accident that I described to you. And what's the element that you can imagine that's worse? That this young man is injured, possibly paralyzed, severely injured, or killed in this accident. You can imagine it. I imagined it. Now, when we take what it is, the car slid down the embankment, rolled over and landed in the creek, and he emerged unscathed, unharmed, uninjured. 
And we compare that to the death of that young man as he's going to Thanksgiving weekend, then how do you feel about what it is? You feel pretty good about it, don't you? And yes, the car was totaled, but compared to losing a life, we're feeling really good about this outcome. So notice that your feelings change when you change the way you evaluate your circumstances. The accident did not change. It is what it is. When we compare it to something better, like no accident, we feel worse about it. When we compare it to something worse, like a death, then we feel better about it. And what it is didn't change. So notice that. This is called evaluation. And that's the first part of the model. The reason this is so important, I, th I think of this as the operating instructions for the equipment of your own mind. I want you to see that you're doing it. Look, I'm not here to tell you how to think. I don't have that kind of authority. I just want you to see that you are thinking. And that thinking makes a difference. Now, we'll break up the thinking into two different processes. The first one I've already shared with you, evaluation. You can't turn it off. You're constantly judging. Notice that you are. And that the way you choose to judge or evaluate your experiences matters because that changes how you feel. Because we're not done yet. All right. There's another process. When you look at the visual model, you'll see on the top. And again, if you want to get the visual, go to liveonpurposeradio.com slash the model. I'll give you one of these. Okay. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Just go grab it. The other process that you can't turn off either is creation. And I'm talking now about creation of what is to be. And that doesn't exist yet. We haven't created it yet. So the only place it really exists so far is in our imagination. I teach trainings on, on creation and the creation process all the time. It, and it is so important to realize that everything we create has to be imagined first. Otherwise, your brain doesn't know how to reorganize the elements out there to match the blueprint that you come up with in your own imagination. I keep a stick on my desk that I carved. I whittled this out with a pocket knife. And this stick has various elements to it that are just really interesting, like a chain. There's a length of chain there. It's completely carved out of wood. There's two balls inside of a cage that freely move. I've got a couple of rings that are freely moving around a post. Uh, I, I whittled this out with my pocket knife. Now, it's hard to describe that to you. Um, but if you can imagine such an elaborate kind of a, a carving, People ask me all the time, how did you make that? And I'm like, I just cut off everything that doesn't look like this. That implies that I knew what it looked like before. Before it ever emerged, I had to picture it in my mind. So wrap your head around this. Everything that's created has to be thought up first or imagined in the mind of the creator. Have you noticed that architects 
get paid more than the guys who swing the hammers. Why? Because they're the ones who dreamt up or thought about or created the blueprints that everybody else is following. Okay? Now, this imagination of what is to be has an impact on our feelings. So think about this for a minute. When you imagine or predict, because you don't know. Let's go there for a minute. How are you doing next week? You don't know. You've got something to do with it. Please don't forget that. But you don't know. So all you can do is imagine it. When you imagine or predict or expect that what's coming for you is worse than what you've already got, how do you feel? When you look at the visual model, that's the red arrow on top. When you predict that what's coming is worse, you feel anxiety, fear, apprehension. And you don't know what's coming, so that's all imaginary. Now, you might say, well, Dr. Paul, I know that this is going to happen. No, you don't. No, you don't. You may have reasons to think that something's going to happen, but you don't know. And so this is all happening in an imaginary world at this point. And when you imagine or predict or expect that what's coming is worse, you feel anxiety. That's about 30 years of clinical experience in a nutshell right there. Now, what about when you imagine or predict or expect that what's coming is even better than what you've already got? How do you feel? Woohoo! Can I get a woohoo here? This is, and you don't know. You're just imagining or predicting. Think about a little child the night before their birthday and how excited they feel. Do you remember? You don't know what's going to happen, but you're imagining that what's coming is even better than what you've already got. And that creates a feeling, a much different feeling. This is what I label as hope, but it's also excitement or anticipation or eagerness. Do you see it? Now, there's a little warning I want to leave you with before I turn you loose today. This model is based on our imagination. You've got a really great imagination. Remember, what it is could always be better, and it could always be worse. Now, we use the same imagination to do evaluation that we use to do creation. But it's kind of like using a hammer. Think about a carpenter's hammer. You know how one end has a blunt face for the purpose of driving nails. The other end is a claw for the purpose of removing nails or pulling them out. It's a pry bar. You don't use the claw to pound the nail. And you can't use the face to pull one out. It does not work that way. You've got to use the right end of the tool for the correct job. And it's the same thing with your imagination. You can always imagine something better. That is not the end of the tool you use in evaluation to beat yourself up because you're not there yet. You use your imagination of something better for creation mode. 
Because what do you want to go create? And what if I only gave you two options? Look, you can have something better or or something worse. Which one do you want? Duh. Of course you want something better. We all do. So you use the better end of your imagination for creation mode. Now, you don't use your imagination of something worse to get all tied in knots for fear that that's what's coming. That's an evaluate, excuse me, that's a creation mistake. We use our imagination of something worse to realize in evaluation mode that we're already in a pretty good place. And we are compared to something worse. Do you see it? You use the right end of your imagination for the right job. We've got evaluation, we've got creation. Look, go get the visual model. Okay, and then listen to this episode again, because it's going to make sense if you follow along on the visuals. Liveonpurposeradio.com slash the model. There you go. That's a quick version. Okay, I just realized that I refer to the model all the time, and I haven't really taken the time to explain it to you here on the podcast. This is the foundation of all of our coaching programs. Everything that we're doing at Live On Purpose Central, the trainings, the keynotes that I do, it's all based on this model. This is the starting place because it represents how to operate the equipment of your own mind. And once you're in charge of that equipment, everything changes. You either drive your thoughts or your thoughts are going to drive you. And this will put you in control of that. I hope you find that useful. Let's take this information and move forward to do exactly what this will put you in position to do, and that is to live on purpose. Did you get what you came for? Give yourself the gift of taking real action on what you realized today. Please share this episode with someone you know would value it, and leave us a rating too. It's time now to live on purpose.